Welcome back to the Brooklyn Poets Yachtcast for December 12th, 2016, featuring Jessica Greenbaum leading our workshop and kicking off the open mic. I am your host and MC, Jason Koo. The Brooklyn Poets Yacht is held on the second Monday of every month at 61 Local in Cobble Hill. That's at 61 Bergen Street, off Smith Street, near the FG stop. For more information about the Brooklyn Poets Yacht, go to brooklynpoets.org At this month's Yop, we hosted a short and open mic followed by our Poem of the Year Smackdown in which the 12 winners of Yop Poem of the Month over the past year went head-to-head for coveted Poem of the Year honors decided by audience vote. We also announced at the end of the night our Yopper of the Year for 2016 given to a poet in our community who kicks ass on the page and on the mic and is a great supporter of other poets. Our open mic lineup this month featured Charlene Guerna, Candy Wolf, Anna Lindwasser, David Morris, Dalila Mendez, Sarah McCauley-Passino, Sasha Lee Diaz, Judy Schneier, Anam Satar, and Julie Hart. And the 12 Poem of the Month winners who were finalists competing for Poem of the Year. Bill Livingston, Chris Roberts, Del Lemon, Connor Crawford, Robert Gibbons, Emily Blair, Jonathan Clarence, who couldn't be there tonight or that night, Thomas Fucolaro, Jackie Brage, Tamara Lee, Isabel Marcus, and Julia Knobloch. So, there's a lot to listen to. Let's get right to the action. The Brooklyn Poets Yop Open Mic and Poem of the Year Smackdown for 2016. Get ready. Welcome. How's everyone doing tonight? Standing motherfucking room only. That's what I'm talking about. December 2016. We don't give a shit. We are here. In the cold to hear some poetry. Thank you for coming. There are no more chairs, so if you're standing right now, you're just going to get more tired over the next hour. But uh, if you are standing, I know you have incredible energy, so keep that energy up. This is the Broken Poets Yop Open Mic. It is a special open mic tonight, as most of you probably know, which is why you're all here. You're here to probably vote for your friends, which is great. There's nothing wrong with nepotism <laughs> on this particular evening. If you brought your entourage, that's great for you if you were a poet. Uh, we're going to have a short open mic. Usually we have about an hour for the open mic. Everyone waits for three or four minutes. Tonight we're going to have a short open mic. Everyone's going to read one poem because time is precious. And then we're going to have our 12 Poem of the Month winners over the past year. In fact, there's going to be one last week because we couldn't make it. And one poet whose poem I have to read myself. Uh, so there'll be like 10 people in the flesh and then one poet here by proxy, which is me. And then one poet who's not here at all. Uh, and then, by audience vote, you will vote for Poem of the Year. So, Poem of 2016. We started off great. Cleveland yeah. won a title. Yeah. Almost won another title, and then it ended like shit. 
right? But let's not forget all the good stuff that happened earlier in the year, and let's not forget the power of this Christmas play. So I brought the energy, and hopefully we can carry this over into 2017. This is going to get distracting in a moment, I'm sure. But for now, just feast on the festivities of my sweater. Um, I'm going to tell you once, and then I'm probably going to tell you several more times. And in the meantime, I'm going to hand out this handout. I'm going to hand out this handout. See what I did there? Uh, I'm not sure how many there are, so I'm going to split this up roughly in half. These are the contestants of the Poem of the Year Smackdown. This will make it easier for you to vote. So just take one and pass it around the rows as best you can. It's probably going to run out, which is okay. Maybe you should skip every person. And that way we can share throughout the thing. Otherwise, just pay attention. You know, <laughs> pay attention as carefully as possible. Uh, and I will repeat the names of the poets before and after the poem, so you can uh, make sure you're voting for the right person and not for like you know some ass bag that owns uh, hotels. Um, this is the name. Sorry, this is not the name. This is the number that you are going to use to vote. It is my personal cell phone number, so uh, use this wisely. Are you ready? Uh, you can write it down, you can enter it in your phone, you can take a picture of me with a sweater, add it to your contacts. Jason Koo is my name. 718-374-1953 is the number you use to vote. She's actually taking pictures. 718-374-1953. I'll be repeating that several times tonight. 718-374-1953. All you need to do to vote is just Text me the last name of the poet, that will suffice. You don't have to remember the title of the poem, or you can text me the full name, that's fine too. Uh, before we get to the Poem of the Year Smackdown, we have uh, another item of audience voting business to, to take care of. So it might get a little confusing, which is why I want everyone to listen very carefully. During the regular open mic, we also need to decide a Poem of the Month winner for tonight. December because this winner will compete in next year's SmackDown. Does everyone understand that? Got it. Yeah, because it goes from like December 2016 to November 2017. So, for the first portion of the night, at the end of that, I will remind you to cast your votes then. Does that make sense? We don't have a sheet for that though, so you gotta really pay close attention. It may just be like one person gets a vote and that's the winner. <laughs> that's the way it's gonna be. Uh, but don't forget, you're basically making two votes tonight. One for Poem of the Month tonight, and the other for Poem of the Year. God, it seems very complicated, much more complicated than usual. And I'm extremely stressed because there are so many people here. Which is great to see. Um, what else? What else? It is the holidays. We are taking end-of-year donations. If you'd like to throw some cash in that jar back there. All of our swag in the back is 30% off, which is a, a ridiculous deal. We're making like almost no profit for that, but then like $7, $8 per t-shirt. Please donate all the money from our t-shirt sales goes to fund Brooklyn Post programs like the reading series, like the YAWP, like our workshops, fellowships, so on and so forth. If you don't know about Brooklyn Post, check out brookenpost.org. Am I forgetting anything, Arthur? Where are you, Arthur? Yeah, you, if you don't want to be part of the tape. Right! Thank you. Every month we record the Brooklyn Bowles Yacht Open Mic as a podcast we call it the Yachtcast. So everyone reading tonight will be recorded. If you don't want to be in the recording, you need to let me know, and I will take you from the recording. If you don't let me know, we assume that uh, you have given us your permission. Does that make sense? 
Okay, all right. So our first reader tonight is our fearless workshop leader. Give it up for Jessica Greenbaum.
Sandy Wolf, give it for Candy. Likes this. Leo blastoma likes this. 
your mother-in-law frowning at your keyboard all this likes this, oven fire likes this, third degree burns likes this, infected skin grafts likes this, your apartment building gets reduced to ashes likes this, arson charges likes this, life in prison likes this, public execution likes this, your chaotic evil brother put rat poison in the cookie dough likes this, rat poison induced hemorrhaging likes this, rat poison induced neuropathic pain likes this, rat poison induced coma likes this, hearing your husband decide to take you off life support likes this, your mother-in-law tried your cookies and found them a little too dry likes this. <laughs> Yeah, I was trying to uh, live tweet that poem. It was moving too fast. If you want to tweet the event, uh, hashtag Brooklyn Poets Yop. If you see me over there and you think I'm texting, I'm not. <laughs> Working hard. God damn it. Our next poet is a, I believe, a Yop name. You were even for David Morris. Yeah, it is my first time here, and uh, we were told to keep moving fast and choose one poem, which was tough because I had um, a political poem that I wrote right after the election, which is something that we talked about in the workshop beforehand. Um, but I decided to go with something a little bit different, kind of in honor of the idea that uh, sometimes a way to be political is to go about it indirectly and to be uh, to break down the prison of language as much as anything else. Um, Big fan of uh, people like Wayne Rose, Alfred Jari, Clarice Lispector. So, to, just to, to remind people that there are different ways of being political, um, and sometimes it's looking for the spaces between words. This is called Across Strait Excorious Plains Make Do. Across Strait Excorious Plains Make Do. Some none excavate vast lostnesses. Imhip sweat nestling in downy mist scraped spots. Sun haranguing muscly and viscous. Done, done, dead, buried and rotted, yet keep, preserve, display. They were right, there is an afterlife, and what they wore and stored did come with them. Any sand crushed pauper's hovel, just some nun's pair of posts angled jam wise in the sand, riverside reeds, thatched with ship festival estuary muds. That and those things got to die. We allowed it. But slow lorises of museums roll out tongues to eat the dead, rich in their swaddled kittens. Hearts in jars, golden catsicks, figured walls to read forever. These men scrape and brush, fingers down to finger bones, wrapped and packed and picked before, sunbeats kerrang kerrang on the poor dust. But in their caves the cool, Rich and their swaddled kittens, wait patiently empty, desire and timeless, dayless, treeless, to be to be found and carried as their due. They built and built and built around them, and will move them from it to take the world's most pictures. More and more and more endless. David, our next poet of the 
This poem is titled, My Journey with Words. My mother told me I was born near a bookstore. She said she had always read to me. Before you were born, Anna, as you grew inside of me, I would read to you nightly. She did not take education lightly. She sacrificed her blossoming years for me. You see, when we would sit in the house of God, she would write my letters in little dashes, and it was there where I learned how to pen my name in alphabet before I turned three. You see, I grew up in a town where my mummy was the only one who sort of looked like me. She wanted me to get a proper education, not realizing the effect of living in a sort of isolation where you were the other and people labeled where you ate the minority table. You see, my mommy had no degree, but she knew the letters would set me free from the chains that bore us down, from the island and the sugar, from the sweat and scrub, and my mommy believed in me. So I fell in love with words and watched the stories unfold. Even in the supermarket, she tugged my ear because I'd want to read all the signs in the stores for I read before I was four. The written word continued to become alive. In my classes, I tended to read ahead in my history text. Oh. In my history text, I was looking for the people that looked like me. You see, that town gave me this identity that I knew little of. Wait, it wasn't my real identity, not yet. For I would soon learn I was more than this label, minority. And then in the seventh grade, I saw these chapters titled Slavery, the Civil Rights Movement, Latinos in the US. I begged my teacher, when would we learn about this? And he told me we would not get to it. There was no time. I just stared at him and ran to my seat, for I could not understand why he didn't want to teach about the people that looked like me, about the oppressed of color. But we learned about the Holocaust. I began to feel that this reading thing was a curse, for historical fiction became my favorite, but then I realized it gave me a view of the condition of my people, the truth, the wretched horror story. You see, my papa didn't look like no one else in our town either but I still loved his skin and wished my skin to be darker like his. I didn't want to belong to that town. I wish that we were where the people that looked like us, because at least living in that pit, I would, have had, I would have had others to help me climb the ladder. Rather than remain in these chains, our lives matter. But my country won't even claim me. These words might have been a curse, for now I'm only left with one course to read, share, and teach. How to Survive in Our Bodies Unleashed. Thank you, Dalila. I'm getting so stressed while I'm standing. I'm sorry if you're standing, uh, but I'm also happy that <laughs> you're here. Uh, our next poet of the evening made her Yob debut last month to a rousing ovation. Give it up for Sarah McCauley Pacino. If you would just put them in size and order. Of um, maximum cost per click, or what's known as max 
All other things being equal, the phone rings on a Saturday morning after you put on your gym clothes, before you've gone to the gym, and you do pick up, and if the caller who is or is not your father does or does not ask how to tell a story to a jury about either A, a man who raped and murdered his child, who himself was chained to a bed when he was a child by his father, or B, one refugee at the bottom of the Mediterranean Sea, or C, now C really seems like the only option to both of you. How these two stories are the same, not the same story, but the same difference, then what is the likelihood of you still, one, going to the gym, or two, just doing your errands in your gym clothes and calling it a day? America is a bird. A bird is a bell. Bells are a steamboat or an apple. All things being equal, you teach inside a prison and a man named Lucy has no left hand and tells you that reading a poet becomes a poet by renouncing poetry, that he wonders when he's at work and has to clean the table where the sponges are kept that are strapped to the side of the head by the ears when someone is electrocuted, who the man is tonight who cleaned that table with those sponges because there's no radio in here, so none of us know the execution is stayed until tomorrow, until you're driving home, when you A, make that soup that has kale in it that tastes better the next day, or B, order in because it has been a long day. The maximum cost per click is a pebble. A pebble is a donkey. A donkey is an ocean. If you were to leave everything else aside, and just decide, which is more important to know, that a man is a wolf, or that a wolf is a star? One coat equals 10 pounds of tea, 40 pounds of coffee, half a ton of iron, 20 yards of linen. It is said X, or it is said Y. Solve for the X. X is 10. 10 is the dollars it costs for a click. Now, leaving all else aside, you just take the linen and do not make a coat, but just tuck it around the body, and you do not wail at the weight of dead, you do not howl at how now lifting up these feet. Your body at once remembers the other feet you've lifted, warm, still living, and how you loved them in their sweet lonely sighs, and how you held them and swallowed them tight like a bale of cotton, tight like a drum of hay. Sasha Lee Diaz, give it up for Sasha Lee. His phone is ringing. Come on. I mean, turn it off.
pictures galore of the hugs and the smiles, knowing that we made it despite all the miles. The fact that you survived me throughout it all, knowing that many people wanted us to fall. How can I not love a man who put me first, being filled with tons of love that I could just burst? Knowing that you were there to satisfy all my cravings, dealing with my madness and my rants and my ravings. The best feeling of all was having you there, telling me that you loved me and showing me you cared. Keeping all the promises that you made me start, especially the one you said that you take care of my heart. You had me from the beginning and you'll have me forevermore. It feels great to know that you'll never walk out that door. A family to start and a family to raise. Oh, sweet man, I can give you so much praise. Getting our home and setting it up right, regardless of the where should this go fight. You kissed my belly with love and affection. How did I know that I would get all this attention? Having the little moments with you that meant the most. Telling me I'm beautiful even when I felt gross. Framing our pictures of sonograms on the wall and making fun of the fact that I started to look like a wall. The days where I wanted buffalo wings, but then I changed my mind. Whatever I wanted, you got it just in time. Coming to my appointments and holding my hands so tight, knowing that no matter our downfalls, we did something right. I can't believe we made it, and to think it's only getting started. You made all your actions with love, all wholehearted. Delivery day came, and you were right by my side. By huffing and puffing, you were right on my side. I was sweaty and a mess, but you made me feel gorgeous, telling me I'm beautiful even when I felt enormous. Twenty hours later, and our bundle of joy had arrived. They placed him on top of me as we both started to cry. Tears of happiness, pure tears of joy. God had blessed us with a sweet baby boy. I was so blessed with having you as my man, being the one who took the time to understand. But only if I had said, if everything I said were true, because these are all things I never knew. He left since the beginning, and I always questioned why. My son deserved a dad, and I didn't deserve to cry. And to think he started another family, like my son and I never meant a thing. But it's okay, because I know that life will bring. Bring me something better, something strong. And then I'll finally realize what a little went wrong. I have an amazing family, and I can only be grateful. My son is filled with so much love, so for that, thank you. Thank you, Sasha Lee. Our next for the evening is a job regular given for Judy Schneider.
You said you built a fire. It would take a while to cut the kiln. When I told that to Mary, she laughed. Even with the floor of this pile of shit. I laid the kiln sheets in the basin. You handed me a bottle of water. I put it between my knees and my hands. Then finally, I handed it back to you. I had to do that. But I didn't. I the back of my palm in hands, and my fingertips brush the bottom.
Judy. Yes, not. Our next one of the evening is Anam Satar. Give it for Anam.
feel bad about how often I lose, only to start again from the beginning, just like trying to write this book. How embarrassing if anyone were to discover how many of my waking hours have been consumed by the explosions of these little colored lozenges of light. How calming they have proved as I've agonized once again over whether to bother writing yet another poem. Or as I have waited for my dining companions to stop checking their fucking phones already. <laughs> oh, your mounting scores and your ever-increasing levels. What joy when I surpass the score of poetry famous Timothy Donnelly or the ubiquitous Roxane Gay. They too, despite their prolific writing, feel fine time to swipe the speckle with the stripes. What a satisfying mayhem does then ensue. Candy Crush makes nothing happen, but it does so in great crescendos and virtual events. Oh, that I could stop dreaming your streams of colored waterfalls. Oh, that the sense of accomplishment I feel when I win you would carry over into my life as a poet. What fumes you lead me into. What commutes made bearable by you. What long and ever-lengthening family gatherings enlivened by you. Oh, candy, crush my soul. I can no longer live without you. <laughs> already 718-374-1953. I'll read you the names of the poets again. I'll read them in reverse order. That was Julie Hart, you just heard. Before that was Anand Sitar, Judy Schneier, Sasha Lee Diaz, Sarah McCauley Pacino, Dalila, Dalila? Dalila. Dalila, sorry, Dalila Mendez, David Morris, Anna Lindwasser, Candy Wolf, Charlene Werner. That is 10 poets. 718-374-1953. Uh, you can pretty much vote for this all week. Uh, but, you know, it's best to vote as soon as possible. There is no electoral college. 718-374-1953. Uh, a lot of people are concerned about, like, security, you know, in the age of Trump. And, like, I'm, like, the opposite. Like, everyone has my phone. <laughs> So that's probably a bad thing. Eventually it's going to catch up to me. I feel like that's the only way to combat it. Rather than hide, just give everyone your you know, Give everyone all of your information. Um, I feel like I was going to say something, but I can't. Oh, uh, I wanted to say that uh, if you didn't get to read tonight, I know we had a huge wait list. We usually hear more poets during the open mic lineup. Uh, the best time to sign up is like right now. Uh, you can sign up on your phones, you can sign up through our website. Uh, the clock starts ticking right after the event ends, or really while it's ongoing. The list fills up very quickly, so if you wait like a week, it might already be filled. Uh, you can see that, I mean, this is more than we've ever had, but uh, it's, it's usually pretty packed, so sign up as soon as possible for the January Yop open mic. Okay, are you ready for the poem of the year Smackdown? I am ready. I'm gonna turn my sweater back on. Okay, now I'm ready. Damn, the sweater's made. You can get one of these on Amazon, it's incredible. <laughs> I was 
like, I would like to wear an ugly piece of sweater at my holiday party. And uh, there are like thousands that you can choose from. It's pretty hard to choose, actually. I spent about an hour my sweater. It's pretty sad. Uh, okay, so you know how this works. We have, uh, we're going to have 11 po poets tonight. Uh, one couldn't be here, Jonathan Clarence, a fantastic poet. Uh, is deathly ill and did not get his poem in time to me so that I could read it and practice it. It's an incredible poem about the Orlando shootings, and I just cannot do it justice, so I'm not going to try. Uh, believe me, if you've heard Jonathan read this, you know how good that poem is. Unfortunately, he can't be here. Uh, we have ten other poets, along with Chris Roberts, who is the only Asian male poet on this list, and I, incredibly, I will be impersonating Chris Roberts. <laughs> uh, he is also our poet of the week this week, and the uh, Share that on Facebook, and I was joking that uh, many people confuse us, and apparently that confusion will continue through tonight. So our first poet of the evening is one of our original Yawpers. I believe he was at our very first Yawp open mic, so I have a special fondness in my heart for this poet. Give it up for Bill Livingston. Uh, a fantastic poet. He is currently the poet of the week on our website. If you want 
find out more about him. Uh, he almost exclusively writes in blank verse, which is, uh, if you know anything about poetry, it's pretty fucking rare in this world. It's probably one of like 10 poets that are doing that right now. He is obsessed with it. Uh, this particular poem uh, is in two parts. Not that long, though. It's about uh, some family experiences that he had when he was growing up. It's called, uh, I think he just tentatively titled this, Excerpt 1992. The first part is called Late August. That Sunday, Dad burst into both of our rooms, and though he wasn't mad, he promptly packed our duffel bags with clothes to last a week, and said he'd bring more over when he could. I was afraid, but not of him, of things. The plastic man that I was playing with came with me to the car. My grip on it was still the same since Dad had run upstairs. Dad drove, Mom sat passenger and breathed as though I'd called her too many times in some store wanting something so she'd change the name she'd answer to, which wasn't Mom, but what she changed it to, and wouldn't say what she had changed it to. I said, Dad, Dad. Dad drove away with Mom still in the car. Grandma brought us in to where we'd stay. My sister got the room that used to be Aunt Judy's room, which had a double bed. I got the middle room, a single bed, a black and white TV that didn't work, fur coats and hats amassed on two few hooks, an old set of encyclopedias which smelled like going to a library, a desk that had too many things on it, and one small shuttered window up so high I had to stand up on the bed to reach that loop of string that made the blinds go up. October. When the doorbell rang, I let it go. They must have gone away. It rang again. A princess, Batman, Tweedledum, stepped in along with someone's mom. I stared at them. Grandma cut in, so happy. I fell back and lingered on the downstairs landing, thinking I'd make a better Batman than that kid. My sister, who'd been left alone too long, joined Grandma, copying the smile she had. Pop-Pop laughed at something on TV, and that was it. I said, can we just go around the block? My parents let us go. Then who'd be home to pass out treats, said Grandma. Papa can. He isn't doing much. But you don't have a costume for tonight. But Grandma, please. I promise I'll be good. Electrons surged in me. I tasted yes, but Grandma shook her head. I'm sorry, Chris. The weather's just not good enough for that. But Grandma, why? You got your answer, Chris. Papa barked over a commercial break. I'll wisen up, accept it, and move on. The blender full of ice cubes sat plugged in near Dixie cups and orange concentrate. My sister measured orange concentrate. Dad let me use the blender once, unused. Mom said we made a mess, so now we can't. So now you'll get another chance, said Grandma, to do it right. She demonstrated how to pulse so that the ice was crushed just right holding down the lid and helping me. Her hand was like a framework for my own. The blender screamed. It didn't make a mess. When we were done. I took one out to pop up. That's Chris Roberts. Uh, one thing before we go on. I don't know if I can turn this soon enough then. Apparently not. Uh, hold your votes until the end of the SmackDown. Mostly uh, so that also, because it's not really fair if you vote before you've heard the rest of the votes. I mean, really? I don't know who's doing that.
you're friends with Bill Livingston, that's fine. If you're Bill Livingston's wife, I don't blame you. Uh, but anyone else? Wait until the end. Our next poet uh, just published her first book very recently this fall. We're very excited for her. Give it up for Del Lemon. Yeah! There's something to be said for suicide, to Vijay Sashadri. A poet told me that he likes to read the suicide poems, even though he has never been suicidal himself. There is something to be said for suicide, or at least the possibility of it. I grew up with suicide, and what it always meant to me was that you could walk away. You did not have to take what was dished onto your plate. It can also be a creative force that compels you to do things differently because you need something else in order to keep living. One of my favorite suicides, Spalding Gray, used to interview audience members at his performances. One time I saw him grilling a young guy who worked as a fireman in downtown Manhattan. Spalding wanted to know whether he was a suicidal pyromaniac and if that was the real reason he was a fireman. The guy answered as honestly as I had ever seen answer a question. I saved a life when I was 18 years old, and I never got over the high. Sure, some guys are suicidal, but no one puts them in charge, and you always want them on your team because they will go into a fire to save a life when no one else will. I will always remember Spalding for the fearless way he discarded form and tradition in the theater in order to create something different. And I will also always remember that fireman for his honesty, his intellectual curiosity, attending such esoteric avant-garde performance art after a day at the firehouse, and for his bravery. Just as there is something to be said for suicide, there is much to be said against it. I worry that because that fireman worked in downtown Manhattan, he went into a fire caused by suicidal fanatics, lines, and planes, from which there could be no return. of the evening is Connor Crawford. Give it up for Connor. Just feels good to have something 
mouth on me, I breathe heavy to let them know where I like it. The bites, like hickeys from high school, lovers with the doors open, stepping lightly on their parents' heads fucking on the trampoline, under the same moon with the same bugs singing, the same eyes leaking, the same Chinese food, the same aftertaste. 1,310 miles door to door, just shy of 20 hours on highways, all of them I've been on before, ask me, it's spitting distance, with a little hot brown and a cup holder in this here moon, on the hood our organs know well enough, well they fought on it before in the August sun in Davidson County after my brother's wedding. Coffee rings on everything I own as scuffs and it's missing something, I'm missing something, can't be hunted down in the city with its red mouths that open and close, the statues made of marble and buried in the when you ask them questions and close your eyes and open them and see those fairies dancing on dark island and beach fields. Set a soldier's prayer out there in the front yard. Put my head on a rock that looks like a surgeon's table. The sweat from my cheek with the puddle the shape of your started this back in April 2013. Jess was texting me that. She was like, what number of y'all is this? I was like, well, like I counted, and then she counted, which is incredible. That's what is it, 56? Something like that. Uh, consecutive months doing this. Yes, I'm sure I understand that, but I'm just agreeing. Uh, hopefully it's good. So uh, this next book was here back in April 2013, reading uh, to a room of about uh, one-eighth or one-tenth of this size, which is incredible on this it's grown. So give it up for Robert Gibbons. Flesh clay rises in her swollen belly, birth, earth splits the heat, and the sun spits it rains down mercy, and the delivery it rains down mercy after the biopsy, it rains down, it insists after this, it insists after after the shock, after the doctor said, we will follow up, we will isolate it, we will violate this beautiful feminine, we will rape her bowels, 
we will chemo, we will chemo, we will procedure, we will procure her a new breast, a new chest after the lump, after the bump grows into a tumor, a bloom implodes her, expose the thief, expose the thief, expose the thief, breaks a lock, opens her bread box, bleeds her like a radiator, it rains down mercy, it rains down mercy, it pushes her buttons, it pushes her buttons, she loses energy suddenly, she loses energy suddenly. She becomes eggplant purple. Eggplant purple. Eggplant purple. Arms feel like ovens. Her arms feel like ovens. Her aggravating husband. Her aggravating husband. Her arms feel like ovens. Her aggravating husband. And the chemo. They call it bald and she does not call. She becomes Eggplant purple. Eggplant purple. Her worth. Her earth. She is liable. She is a fire baptism. She we found a lot. When it grows, the capable one. It butchers her black gold. Her mountain. Her stunning glory. Her hair. She does not call. Anyway. Thank you. Thank you, Robert. We are about halfway through, everybody. 718-374-1953. You'll be hearing me in your dreams tonight. Our next poet. Our next poet is awesome. Give it up for Emily Blair. Just confused. Who the fuck drew on my face? <laughs> 
Thanks for the introduction for many of you. If you go to a lot of poetry meetings, book word events, you've ever wrote poets on Gilda's Island this July. He is a very unique voice. Give it up for Thomas Fugularo. <laughs> about me, but I am an 18th century dainty antique delicate cracked Japanese demon. When the Japanese mend a broken object, they aggrandize the damage by filling it with gold. When something has suffered damage, it becomes more beautiful. She said she knew who I was. She said she was afraid of my past. Little did she know, so was I. Oh, haunting pasts are like growing net goyers, always in the way, always in plain sight. And she didn't have a problem reminding me of the 10-year cocaine habit thing, or the unemployed thing, or the poet thing, or you've only been sober from coke two years thing. And rehabilitation doesn't always mean promise, and she thought me not a gentleman to keep. She said my petals had long fallen off. Little did she know that bud blooming in the wind is a rising sun. And I have crawled out of shit and seizures, and I ain't ever going back to up my nose. So fuck you. It is me who is saying my light is way too bright for you. I was the dry spell, and then the storm, thieving, lying, deceiving, deceptful, dirty, dreadful little rocks, snorted through brain. I am the fire of ash, the burnt over with heart. I resurrect thee, and your judgment of me is just another candle lit on this journey. I am the journey. You are nothing but a path. It's never too late to be yourself. If someone ever says to you that you can't, show them the well-lit back alleys of your torso. This city breathes for change and yearn for light. Two years ago, I used to have to say, Hello, my name is Thomas Fucoloro, and I am addicted to cocaine. Now I say, Hello, my name is Thomas Fucoloro, and I am a new school MFA creative writing graduate. And you know who was there for me? I was there for me. If anyone ever tells you it's too late, tell them it's too early to jump from bridges. And you know what they say? Cocaine abuse does lead to literary MFA degrees. <laughs> and you can keep cutting my limbs, but like a starfish, I keep regenerating back. So yes, I am a motherfucking super badass 18th century, dainty, antique, delicate, cracked Japanese teacup. I am damaged, but I am beautiful. My mouth is a well. You can certainly put your wishes here.
drinking beer and listening to weirdly outdated music like Guns N' Roses and Bon They shoot the shit, yelling their opinions with such gusto, like their words might cure cancer or kill each other's mothers. It's always intense, always self-involved, and the winner is always the one with the loudest voice. He's king of the goddamn world, or at least, king of my each day when I walk past them, they stop everything to stare. Their lustful eyes scanning my body, boring holes into my being, challenging me to challenge their authority. And I bow my head down while they let me know what my place is in this world. And then they wipe the sweat from their upper lip and they say, hi. Sometimes they shout, baby, are you married? And I imagine in what worked in dirty altar we might say our vows at. Some desperate Vegas wedding chapel while my mother contemptuously cries and fixes the straps on my favorite discount wedding dress. <laughs> but at least that would be the proper wholesome application of my youthful assets. These men are older than my father, and I'm sure they must know that never on this planet Earth would there be a manifestation of what they're suggesting. Every day they engage me to a visual duel. Their gaze, gaze is so intentional, the gravity rips at my eye sockets like tractor beams, and I can feel my blood boiling with defiance and disgust. But I know I must concede for my own safety. I've lost my face with indifference and pretend to ignore their deep, visceral moaning. Hello, baby. And then they say, Bless. <laughs> and I wonder what God they think is blessing this situation. <laughs> I mean, seriously, what does any God have to do with the dirty thoughts in their minds? But the truth is this. I've known this game since puberty, devised in locker rooms and dingy bars, an athletic competition of bedpost notches and entitled crotches. They're simply trophy hunters, and I, just an innocent, delicate fawn, and besides, what I am is irrelevant. They are just letting each other know that they could tame this beast to her backside, you know, if they really wanted to. For they are omniscient and powerful men. They own these streets, and I've chosen to enter their ring by carelessly using their sidewalk. <laughs> and my bad, I let my gaze linger for a moment too long. So whatever happens now, well, I was probably asking for it such a Jezebel. Yeah. Anyway, I should probably just tune it out. Emotional women. Seriously, what am I getting so upset about? I mean, boys will be boys, and they're only saying hi after all. The dirty old men in my neighborhood. <laughs> is the offspring of Jessica Greenbaum, as well as Jen, who is here tonight uh, to support, I'm sure. Give it up for Isabel Marcus. 
I'm excited to be up here with all these awesome poets, and I want to thank Jason for creating Brooklyn Poets and starting the YAP. This poem was inspired by the poem Yo by John Sands and Adam Faulkner. And actually, uh, Thomas Tucoloro is mentioned in that poem, so it's kind of cool that I get to read it in the same yacht. Yo guy behind the counter at Liberty Deli. You slice different breads, toast them and spread shit on them, and greet, greet customers and recite their orders to the griddle cook in a constant, smooth, taxi dispatcher stream of words. You are always moving, but you make no extra movements. Sometimes you even throw things into the garbage behind you without looking back or putting down your knife. Yo, Judaism! <laughs> My favorite part of you is your melodies. Yo, consistency! Let me get to know you. I want you in my life more often, like more consistently. <laughs> Yo, lake! I love the moment when I go underwater and feel you all around me for the first time. When I'm underwater, I like to look down at your soft, blurry bottom, then up through my private porthole to the sky. Yo, sun! Don't forget to make the little tips of the lake sparkle in the morning. Yo, riffraff! Hooray! Yo, Alinda Lee Segarra! Your music makes you want to become a rambling man. It makes me want to learn something on my own, master it, and give it back to the world. Yo, Ezra, in 3B! You don't know how much fun it is to teach woodworking to a kid who speaks with a British accent. Yo, wood! I love drawing a straight line on you with a sharp pencil and a square. I love following that line as close as I can with a saw. I love sweeping your sawdust into a pile with a broom and pushing it into a dustpan. That dustpan full of sawdust, that is my movements, my energy, transformed into substance. Even more than the piece I build, that is the measurement of my labor. But wood, I love the loud popping sound of the hammer hitting the nail. I love the efficient, incremental shortening of the nail as it progresses into you. Yo, electric hand drill! When I put a new drill bit in you, feel like a hitman in a movie preparing his pistol. Except even cooler, because I'm about to create. Yo, Brooklyn Nets! I love you. <laughs> you remind me of me, because you don't always live up to my standards. <laughs> Yo, tall buildings! Keep doing what you're doing. You do it with power and grace. Yo, Becky! I admire and respect you. I envy you. I am proud of you. I resent you. I think you are beautiful and strong and disciplined. I worry that living so close to my flaws has hurt you. I love hearing you sing as you take your shower and get ready for bed. I love your body. Sometimes I like to look in on you when you are sleeping to see if you're actually awake and want to hang out or just to see you asleep. I remember when your hands were very small. I love your small hands and your big hands.
man. Poets channel. <laughs> My last poet of the evening. Uh, I started coming to Brooklyn's workshops, I don't know, early this year. I think she took the class with Jess. Uh, another poet is the Green Bomb lineage tonight. Uh, she read this poem last month and won the poem of the month. Give it up for Julian Nablak. <laughs>
instant, you manage to tell yourself that there is space between despair and bitterness, between network and worthless, between the difference and obsession, between knowing and not knowing, between forgetting and remembering. Only one of the two under the branch. 
looking into your empty shoe, arrested the way it gaped, the way it had been polished by your foot, the casual abandonment.
it was pretty close. We had a uh, yeah, we had a, a couple of poets in a second place tie with eight votes each. Uh, Thomas Fugolaro and Isabel Marcus both tied for second place with eight votes. Uh, Tamara Lee with seven votes. Everyone did, in fact, get, I think, at least two votes, except for my reading of Chris Roberts. So I feel like I really let him down. But, you know, I read the shit out of that poem, so shame on uh, But that's fine. That would be really awkward if you won. And last year, uh, the one I read, if you remember, I almost won. Tracy May Fuad's poem. That was second place, so I felt really good about that. <laughs> anyway, our winner of Poem of the Year for 2016 is Julia Knobblatt. For For coming, especially with the uh, lack of seating, I appreciate your patience. I appreciate your support. Uh, if you want to read at the next open yacht, open mic, uh, sign up now. Do you want to say something, Julie? Apparently, Juilliard has something to say. If you want to stick around for one moment. Okay, I just wanted to say thank you, Jason, for everything you do. Which we know you're unpaid, etc. We wanted to give you this gift. Which I believe is in the shape you enjoy. If anyone wants to sign this card and you didn't get a chance, you can do it after this, okay? And if you want to uh, hand me a couple of bucks for the gift, you can Thank you again for coming. Please take your chair, oh, sorry, not your chairs, your cups and your plates downstairs if you have them. Uh, if you want to help move the chairs back, that's great. We'll see you in January, and have a happy holidays. So, there you have it. Brooklyn Poets Yop Open Mic for December 12th, 2016. Big congratulations to Arthur Russell for winning 
Yawper of the Year for 2016, and to Julia Knobloch for winning Poem of the Year, decided by audience vote for her beautiful poem, Daylight Saving Time. And last but not least, congratulations to Sarah Macaulay Passino for winning Poem of the Month for December for her poem, Max CPC. Sarah now has earned a spot in our Poem of the Year Smackdown next year in December 2017, so we all look forward to that. Congratulations again to all the finalists for Poem of the Year. Bill Livingston, Chris Roberts, Del Lemon, Connor Crawford, Robert Gibbons, Emily Blair, Jonathan Clarence, Thomas Fucolaro, Jackie Braje, Tamara Lee, and Isabel Marcus. Your work is fantastic, and we love you. The next Brooklyn Poets Yop comes your way on January 9th, 2017, featuring Joanna C. Valente leading our workshop and kicking off the open mic. So we hope to see you there. For now, happy holidays, be safe, be merry, and we'll see you next time.